now. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, bless this word. God, I feel you gave this word to me. I pray that you'll help me bring it out. And Jesus, that you will just be glorified and touch your people. Bless each one here today. Thank you for those who are hungry and want to know the way more perfectly. Lord, let understanding and blessing release and impartation of your precious presence today be manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take you on a little journey today. And this is a journey from unbelief to knowing God. That's where we started before we found him. We weren't born saved. We're not saved because our parents are saved. Every one of us need our own experience. And so the journey starts in a place of not believing, not knowing, to a place of knowing God. It's a wonderful journey. And so we want to just go through this a little bit. But uh, first I want to tell you a kind of funny thing that happened. I have a wonderful sister. She might be listening to me now. But she doesn't go to church. She listens to us on the live stream. And she goes to church faithfully. The same church for 36 years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> but anyway, she called me one day. She says, you know, I love your preaching. She says, but, you know, you, you always preach the same message. She says, you always preach the same message. I said, Diane, what am I preaching about? She says, you always preach about Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know how else to approach this or really get at this, but Jesus is all we need, folks. And the journey is into the heart of God. It's not about God. It is God. It's knowing God. And so, you know, Paul said, oh, then I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings that I might be made conformable unto his death. That's not a death, physical death. That's dying to the old man so Jesus can reign in us. So he has a wonderful work he wants to do in every one of us. The first verse I'd like you to read with me today is in John chapter 17. I'd like you to open your Bibles. If you don't have it, we'll have it on the screen. This is going to be John chapter 17, Jesus' prayer before he goes to the garden. And uh, verse 1, 2, and 3, all right? So if you have it, if you'll just read it with me, all right? John 17, 1, 2, and 3. Together. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given, given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Verse 3, let's read it. And this is life eternal that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So Jesus, right before he goes to the cross, describes why he's going to the cross, why he suffered, why he came. And this is why he came, that we might know God, and we might know Jesus Christ, whom he sent. Not know about him. This is very special to me because as I felt like the Holy Spirit was giving me this message for today, I thought this is really how I started and my family started in this way of knowing Jesus. My mom was a very devout person. She strove very, very ardently to know God. And this spirit-filled sister, born-again Christian sister, came to our factory. So many of you know this. As you know, my first occupation was caskets. 
It's really not that bad of a business. 52 years, we never had a dissatisfied customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only business that's when it goes under, it's doing good. Yeah. So my mom is an interior maker, and she is behind the sewing machine. And this born-again Christian asked her a question. She said, Tilly, do you know Jesus? And my mom said, well, you know, I, 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 I do this, I do that, I do the stations of the cross, I pray the rosaries. And, and, and she stopped her. She said, Tilly... But I asked you, do you know Jesus? And my mother had to think. And thank God she was humble enough to say, I don't think I know him like you know him. And then she handed my mother the word of God. Hallelujah. Someone should shout. I'd jump if I could. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God set our family on a new course, David. It brought us out of performance and religion and just church affiliation and just habits and religion and brought us into a vibrant relationship where we would change from the inside out. Hallelujah. We began to know the Savior that we believed was in heaven, but we didn't know him. And all of a sudden, he revealed his love to us. Hallelujah. Oh, I just want to shout today. It's a real experience. It's not a hope so. It's not something you wish for. It's something that you carry. Hallelujah. Christ within the hope of glory. And then my mother was filled with the Holy Spirit 10 days after that. That's another sermon for a different time. But oh, I'm thankful that that woman asked the question and I'm thankful that today I know the answer and I can say yes to Jesus Christ. Thank God. Hallelujah. And so God wants to replace religious forms with an experience of knowing him. And even as we know him, you know, sometimes we get comfortable with other forms. Oh, my church dresses a certain way, you know. We have a certain standard that's so important. And we, if we do the standard, we feel we have him. I tithe. I go to church regularly. I don't commit immorality. I walk carefully. And folks, in that, in, in, that's good. We need that. But that's not my goal. I live righteously because I'm pressing into Christ. I dress carefully because I don't want to offend. I want to be modest. I believe in those things. But sometimes we just get satisfied with that. And Jesus is not satisfied with that. Jesus wants every one of us to know him. He wants everyone to experience him. He wants every one of us to go beyond the standards of man, and sometimes they're good, but into God's heart. That's where God has called us to be, and that's what his word says here. I've come that they may know God and know Jesus Christ, whom God has sent. That's very, 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 very important. I want you also to turn to another scripture with me. It's in 1 Corinthians, a very wonderful portion of scripture. In this scripture, I have my life verse that I love so very much, and we'll have it in there. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I want to begin reading at verse 7. 
Paul speaking of his ministry, he says this, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. See, there's a revelation of God, not only in his spirit, but in his word, and God gives you wisdom. How many know God gives wisdom? That's understanding. That comes as we seek and find him. Paul had it. And then it says this, listen to this, verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now I want to remind you that the Jewish leaders were the ones that primarily stirred up the people to say, crucify him, crucify him. These were ministers. These were the scribes and the Pharisees. These were not outcasts. These were not irreligious. These were people that were filled with religion. But they didn't even know that the Son of God was walking in their midst. And for pride, it says that even Pilate knew he, they delivered him unto him to be crucified. How can religion blind be so blinding? How can we have the Son of God working miracles, raising Lazarus from the dead, blind Bartimaeus, Jairus' daughter, all of these miracles? They heard it. And yet they were so steeped in religion, so stuck. Folks, let's not get stuck. Unstuck them, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So seeing, they see not. And hearing, they hear not. And their heart is wax cold. Because they really didn't know who he was. And then what, look what it says in verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So folks, we cannot be satisfied with conformity. We need to be transformed. We need impartation. We need God to reveal himself. That's why the Holy Spirit came. And look what it says here then. It says, but God hath revealed these things unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. God reveals to you Jesus Christ. And in that revelation, he opens your eyes. He opens your ears. He opens your heart. And you know that you know because Christ comes in and he makes himself alive. And all of a sudden, it all makes sense. I'm not here to show you how to dress. I'm not here to make you to believe every single doctrine exactly the way I believe it. I'm here and I want you with all my heart for this experience in the Fredericksburg Full Gospel to lead you to Jesus Christ, the fountain of life that you can enjoy your life and have the victory he purchased for you. Hallelujah! And when you get him, you don't need anything. When you, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I feel it. Hallelujah. When you find him, there's peace. When you find him, there's joy. When you find him, there's assurance of salvation. There's a hope of heaven. There's a glory in your life. There's also power. 
Because you're connected to him. If you ask anything in my name, I might do it. You're listening. Hallelujah. Oh, how wonderful it is. God hath revealed these things to open our eyes, ears, and heart by his spirit. Look at verse 11. For what man knoweth man, excuse me, what man knoweth the things of man save the spirit of man that was within him. So when you lose a father and mother, I understand because I lost a father and mother. In the human life, we can understand those things. When we're sick, we understand, we sorrow. But then it says this. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but by the Spirit of God. Wow. God has to by his Spirit. See, God is a Spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He's not only a Spirit to cause us to worship him in spirit and truth. I can't know him except by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to remind us that we began this journey by believing that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Do I have that right? And the Bible tells us that we are born again of the Spirit. It's not just a mental ascent. It's not just believing God is there and, okay, I accept him. I don't accept him. I receive him. Hallelujah. I have a changed life because I had one birth. And I'm not going to tell you my birthday. Because then you'll all know that I'm not 42. I'm 43. But I had a birthday. But I had a spiritual birthday. May 8th, 1970. When this little fellow who didn't know God began his journey. And got on his knees because my mom gave me that Bible. And Kip, I said, Jesus, come into my life. And you know, that's a prayer that's always answered. That's a prayer that always says amen from heaven because that's why he died. And the knowledge of Jesus begins. Hallelujah. Thank God. I began. I didn't know much scripture. I didn't know a lot of things about him yet. But my journey into knowing God began at this time. Let's never forget, you know, the joy of a home is bringing children home. The joy of God the Father is seeing people come to him through Jesus Christ. Let's really spread the word and let's thank Thank God that we are saved by his blood and we're born again into the kingdom, the Bible says, by the Holy Spirit. And that's so very important. Look what it says in verse 14 of this chapter. It says, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Have you ever talked to people that are really in sin, really in darkness, really hardened, and you tell them of this experience you've had, and they look at you like you're absolutely out of your mind? Yeah, sure. You heard his voice. Ha, ha. I heard it too. You know, they're just going to think you're absolutely crazy until the day comes that God touches their lives. Thank God. The things of this natural are this natural man are foolishness. But it tells us that the spiritual things That God gives us discernment by his Holy Spirit. So God makes you to know the things that are freely given to you of God. How many want to know the things that are freely given to you 
of God. How important that is to know these things. I want to just quickly turn to an example and an illustration we have in the Bible, and that's of the Apostle Paul, all right? And we just see how he began his journey, and I think there's some good teaching here. You all know the story of the Apostle Paul, okay? He's a great man, very intelligent man, but he's a very ardent believer in the Jewish faith, he rejected Christ, and he's going about and hailing men and women and children and throwing them into prison. In verse 3 of chapter 9 of Acts, it says, And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Verse 5, And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus who you persecute. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Here was that time of revelation for Paul. Boy, what a revelation that this man so vehemently opposed could have that one touch. And in that one touch, he asks this question I think every Christian needs to ask. Lord, who are you? And he says, I am Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, have you come to the revelation that it's not in any other name? In fact, there's no other name by which we might be saved but the name Christ Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by him. And thank God he receives all that come to him. So Paul comes to this tremendous revelation. But then it's interesting, verse 6, he says he was trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what will you have me to do? I think that's a second good question. And the Lord says, arise and go into the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. And then Paul does, I believe, one of the very, very important points to and things that we need to really take care of and engage in in our journey, and that is he begins to pray. Now, I'm thankful I got saved, folks. I'm thankful that day, I told you, May 8th, 1970, I knelt down and prayed my first prayer, Jesus, come into my heart. But then there's praying to know God better and to have God reveal himself to me. And that's what Paul does here. Look what it says in verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him it was said... By the Lord in a vision, Ananias, behold, I am here. And he sends him to Straight Street to talk to Saul. But look what it says at the end of chapter, verse 11. It says, inquire for one Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prays. Folks, the second thing that we need in our journey is we need, if we're going to find him and have him revealed to us, we need to have a life of prayer. Now, I know that seems like works, but it's not works. It's what God has told us to do. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. Last week, I taught about seeking the Lord continually. Look, there's some things in life we continue in. Breathing. Sleeping. Good nutrition. You need them. You need them continually. And we need the breath of heaven we need to breathe the life of God. If you stay out of prayer, you stay out of that position where God can fill you. 
The wonderful thing about prayer is God can so set prayer within you that you can pray all the time or you can stay in his presence all the time. So you might not be praying, but you're rejoicing. Hallelujah. You're walking. You're living in his glory and you're sensing him and you're carrying him. How important, how many know this world is dark. It needs us Christians to carry Jesus. Your workplace needs Jesus. Our homes need Jesus. Jesus isn't a church thing. It's a living experience when the heart is open that you carry the Savior wherever you go. The church needs to get out of the church and get into the world where the devil is ruining it and needs to kick the devil out and bring the glory of God. I'm sorry. My wife is saying, be nice, be nice, be nice. But I'm being nice. Folks, this is a real thing. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ is, will last. God wants you to get back into that closet of prayer. It's a place of power. It's a place where he'll anoint you and speak to you. He'll give you wisdom. And he'll raise you up out of it. And then begin to live out his glorious life through you. And so Paul prayed. He was in desperation. As you know, he was blinded because of that light he saw. He didn't know exactly where he was going. He just had Jesus revealed to him. But thank God he began to pray. And Ananias, a godly man, came to him. And he lays hands and he calls him Brother Saul. It's a good thing to be called brother. It's a good thing to be part of the family of God. God sent one of these precious men that he could trust, Ananias, and he lays hands on Saul. And as he lays hands on him, two things happen. Scales fall off his eyes, and he can see. Hallelujah. Listen, I want to tell you, I had a lot of scales as a young Christian. I got saved, but I had a lot of things that needed to be broken. Anybody here share my experience? Thank God I had pastors. Folks, I don't run the business of the church. I stand with people for their victory. I don't care where God's bringing us. I care about you. I want to see you have what he has for you. And so I'm not into churchianity. I'm into people being changed. I want to be like this Ananias. He lays hands on Paul and he's healed. I don't know if it's time for a funny illustration. I'm checking you out, Ruth. You think I should? When I was a young fellow, just a child, I prayed two prayers. Just a little kid, five, six. Lord, don't let me ever be blind. And don't let me ever go bold. Well, one out of two ain't bad. That gets you in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, <laughs> Paul is completely healed, and then he is filled with that Holy Spirit that opens eyes and opens ears and opens heart. And it says immediately this person who was ferociously against the gospel, immediately he goes out and be preaches Christ. Your preparation for ministry is revelation. Hallelujah. He's going to come to you. And when you know him, you can share him. You can carry him. You can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. 
Hallelujah. You can speak the word with power. You don't need a pulpit. You got one. Just use it. Tell people of how good he is. Hallelujah. All right, I'm winding down. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have one more portion of scripture. And I want you to turn to 1 John closing chapter 5. In verse 20, you know, John the beloved, John the one who leaned on Jesus' breast, John the one who seemed to have intimacy with Christ like the others maybe didn't have quite the same way. But look what he says here, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. Hallelujah. They knew him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in the Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and this is eternal life. Not about him. Not forms of him. Not someone else telling me about him. But we know him, the true God. He is life. This is eternal life. Remember, Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they may know God, the true God, he said, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. If you go back to the first chapter of this book, it says this. Just indicating the tremendous experience that these disciples came into. In verse 2 it says in chapter 1, For the life was manifest and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life. Verse 3, That which we have seen and heard. You see their eyes were open. Their ears were open. They got to the purpose of the journey. It says, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, listen to this, folks, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of it all, folks. And look at it says this, and these things write we unto you that your joy Maybe full. How many know the world spends billions of dollars trying to seek what God can do and admit it? Just admit it. He can just wipe all things away and fill that heart with glory. Joy is not in the syringe. Come on, say amen. Joy is not in the bottle. Joy is not in promiscuous living. Joy is in a right standing with God. Joy is coming back into union with who he is. Joy is being set free from everything else and coming into the freedom in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want you to shout. Thank him. Praise him. Thank him for his gift. Thank him for his love. Hallelujah. I feel like take it off. Hallelujah. Oh. So. Do you know Jesus? It begins with salvation. We continue in prayer. And that revelation goes on. We seek to be filled with himself. 
his spirit, he begins to reveal the Son of God. And then we come into blessed fellowship with Christ. And then the journey ends. We're going to reign with him forever and ever. Amen. I'm finished. But God's not finished here. I believe God wants to give every one of us a fresh taste, a fresh hunger, that this revelation of Christ will be so real, so clear, so keen, so precious to our hearts. If you feel this message resonates with your heart, I want you to pray. You don't have to come to this altar to pray, but I invite you to come. And let's just seek God before we dismiss and just ask him and thank him that he wants to make himself real to us. One of the things we've been so thankful is God has sent us precious young people. And these young people have said to us, I've come to your church and God has made himself more real. Thank God. Thank God. That's really all I need. Thank God. Let God become more real to every one of us here today. Amen. Amen. Now, of course I said you can sit and pray. Everyone's sitting. Come on. Let's seek God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word and spirit that agree. And we thank you, Jesus, that you want everyone in this place to know you. In all your fullness, you died for this, Jesus. And God, we just pray, Father, that this place will always be a place where people and men and women, boys and girls, young people can find Jesus in living reality, Lord. God, we just ask today that you'll give us a fresh taste, a fresh impartation today to every heart and every life that each one of us will experience that joy, that fullness of life, that life and life more abundant. Oh God, get our eyes off of people. God, awaken us if we've been stuck or mired in religiosity. And God, give us a fresh revelation of who you are in Jesus' name.